Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, I say sustainable Shane, but some people say Shane Cooper Smith from Below Deck. Hello. Greetings. I prefer sustainable Shane as well. I like sustainable Shane. What's going on? How are you and where are you? You're home in San Diego or am I just making that up? Nope, I'm here in sunny San Diego. I am chilling. Have not yet gone for a surf yet today. Probably after this podcast, though. Do you just go for a surf like every day? I can bicycle to the beach, so I go as often as I can. I mean, listen, if someone met you, and I mean, I just assume, like, does anyone ever question whether you're from California or not? I mean, to me, you are the quintessential Southern California person. Yeah. But yeah, do people ever say, like, where are you from? Like, are people, like, not everyone knows, really, I guess. Or is it always obvious? Um, I mean, when they look at me, I think they get a decent picture. And then when they talk to me, and I mean, the ocean's the biggest thing in my life. I love surfing, diving, snorkeling, spearfishing, ocean conservation, tide pooling. I mean, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt right now. Uh, I'm all about the ocean, you know? You just grew up loving all of this like just naturally like you just love the california lifestyle yeah i mean i like surfing skateboarding what's not to love around here everyone everyone's pretty chill they're like environmentalists and uh, i grew up in a beautiful city were you like really young when you started like surfboarding for the first time yes i was pretty young it started i started like swimming and then boogie boarding and then moved up to surfing kind of like all the classic steps you know Spearfishing. Yes, spearfishing. I saw on one. your Instagram something about like, you know, why not go catch your dinner if you could? Yeah, you know, I was really lucky where I was brought up and I feel like super privileged. I didn't realize how special it was and how, I guess, easy I had it growing up until I kind of left it, you know, because um, I've traveled a fair bit. I went to school, I went to university, not in my hometown. So I realized like, I was very blessed and very lucky to grow up where I did. So growing up, because we have sustainable Shane now, like where did that come from? Because like, okay, you surf, you're from Southern California. Well, that's pretty obvious. But, you know, not everyone in Southern California is trying to like save the planet. Most people aren't. So where did this like love, I mean, like were your parents big environmentalists? Like how did this start? You know, I, I was sustainable before I even knew what the word sustainable meant. 
I grew up, my mom's a huge green thumb. So that's where I got my gardening from. And my dad's actually, he's a straight up hippie, like born in 1950, like Woodstock, that whole wavelength, you know? So I just kind of grew up around it. And then, um, yeah, I just like always being around nature outdoors. And then I eventually learned that the environment is fragile and a lot of people don't, they're just misinformed about how to treat it. So I decided to take my passions to university I went to Berkeley, studied sustainability. And then it was there where I realized, okay, I need, I'm doing something with the environment. I don't want to do it corporate. And I grew up going to Hollywood at auditions, acting and modeling. I won't get too much into that, but basically I tied my love for the environment in with my love of being on the camera and sustainable Shane was born. Okay. We'll go back for a second. Cause I'd like to get into it. Um, I have a weird mind, the things that excite me. Um, so wait, so you went, like you wanted to be an actor at some point, like you would go to Hollywood for like auditions? It was more so just kind of like, I was approached when I was flying back from Cabo one day and some guy's like, yo, you should be an actor model. Here's my agency. And I didn't, I was always like a surfer kind of skater bro. So I was like, dude, like, I don't want to do this Hollywood crap. Then I learned there was good money in it. So I was like, okay, I can do this Hollywood crap, but uh, make a lot of money and fund my surf trips, fund my vacations, fund my whatever. So did you like actually model for a while? Oh yeah, and I still do. I'm working oh. on Thursday for a, with a modeling company. So that's a good side gig, right? Like there's no, listen, you could be sustainable and make some money on the side. Like I, there's no judgment here on that. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I want to do something that holds more value than just being a model or, and I'm not downplaying models or actors at all. I'm just saying I really have a deep passions for protecting our planet. And it's difficult to do that if you're only caught in the modeling and acting world. Totally. So do you, did you ever do like, a, did you do more just modeling or did you do acting too? You've had gotten acting jobs. More modeling, but I have done acting. I've been on McDonald's commercials. I did this like Boom Co. Blaster toy gun. And, then I, and actually, I was living in Hollywood as an actor when I auditioned for Below Deck. Interesting. Okay, we're going to get there. Did you, have you ever been on a like modeling job where you're just like, kill me now. This is not worth the money. Or, I mean, it's pretty good money. Yeah. Oh, I have. When I was living in Hollywood, I was doing doing a lot of like crazy jobs. There was this one job where I think we worked for 12 hours. We were inside a classroom. Uh, I was in, I was acting as like a high school student and I was in the classroom for straight up 12 hours and I got paid $35. Oh my God. Yeah. That's when it's not worth it. Do you have brothers and sisters or is it just you? Yeah, I have an older brother. His name's Trevor. He is 26 and he's a freaking badass human being. Is he, like, is he, because I mean, it sounds like your parents are, is he as into the planet and all of that as you are? Or is it just like that gene skipped him? No, he's totally like, I mean, he's more an environmentalist than not, you know, like he backpacking, camping, but he's a professional artist. And his whole deal is he, t he uses art to teach people different skills in life. And especially like right now he's teaching special needs children how to express themselves through art. That's nice. I mean, you're both nice. That's the one takeaway that I'll talk about that I, well, not one, but that's one of the takeaways I took away from Below Deck. So you went to Berkeley, you majored in something related to sustainability. Like what was your actual major? Sustainable environmental design. And Berkeley, I imagine, is like one of the top schools for that, I would assume. It is. San Francisco is actually the most sustainable city in the United States. So it was, there's a reason why I applied and went to Berkeley, you know. So then you graduated and then you were, when was Sustainable Shane born? You know, that's a funny question. It was, I was like about to graduate, you know, and everyone's having that. Like, oh my God, my life's ending. I need to decide what I'm going to do now that I'm graduating school. So I just, I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do acting and I'm going to do Sustainable Shane as like my side passion. And 
yeah, I was like, I moved to Hollywood straight from there and I had sustainable Shane under my belt doing YouTube channels or doing YouTube videos, Instagram lives, and just expressing myself through social media. What was living in Hollywood like? I mean, cause that's a far cry from Berkeley. Yeah, no, that's a great question. None of my, none of my fellow like friends from Berkeley went to Hollywood. Most of them did like investment banking, worked for Google, Apple, some good non nonprofits and like NGOs. But uh, my time in Hollywood, I like to see it as a growing pain, which, which has value, you know, like when you're growing and you're in that pain, it sucks. But once you come out of it and you look back at it, you're like, wow, that really, really helped me out in the long run. Were you just not happy living there the whole time? I mean, even though you were making money as a model? Yeah, you know, it just chewed me up and spit me out. Um, it's just, it's a whole, it's a whole system there. And the 0.1% makes it and the 99.9% of you don't matter. And it's very, very shallow. This is from my, my takeaway. When you don't make it, it's, it's um, or like when you're on the process of making it, it's very like, dog eat dog world and um it's it's tough you know it's a little toxic over there and i mean there's so many good actors you know that are just so talented that just i mean it's a lot of it's the luck of the draw too yeah there's definitely the craft behind acting and there's definitely a lot of skill behind being able to cry and put yourself in that mental state to like invoke the emotion that the director wants from you that being said it's also like people look at you and, and like you'll walk into an audition within the first five seconds. It's like, this guy just looks like the part and we'll book him or we don't want this guy because he does not look the part and you just wasted your hour and a half drive to the audition. Totally. So how did you get involved with Below Deck like initially? So this was like during Hollywood, finally had a break, Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving break, everyone like Hollywood stopped. And I went to my uncle's house for Thanksgiving dinner. And I was talking to my cousin, Kevin. And he was like, hey, Shane, have you ever heard of the show Below Deck? And I was like, no, I haven't. And he's like, well, I think you'd be a perfect fit for it. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. So I looked it up, sent in an audition tape. And yeah, they liked me. I got a call back like the next day from this guy. And we chatted. He liked me. I told him what I wanted to do on the show about sustainability, about how I was pretty novice in the industry. And he's like, you know, I think you'd be a good fit. So you never worked a day in yachting before applying? No, never on a mega yacht. I mean, I, I had been on my friend's boat in the Caribbean that was like 100 feet or something, but I was a guest. You know, I didn't, I didn't work on it. Did that ever come up? Because, I mean, I think they purposely like that and at least – one person every season like was that a big thing like were they focused on oh you have no experience that sounds great no i no i don't think that they were they were like they they were pretty real with me they were like hey like this is a real job this is tough like i remember sitting in the executive producer's office up in hollywood and i said he was at his desk i was on the other side he's like hey this is a real freaking job like you're gonna be working like 14 hours a day, nonstop. It's a very unsustainable industry. Like they're spewing gas and like all this stuff. And I said, listen, like I work hard. I know my way around boats. I know my way around the ocean. And also like, I'm going to bring a bunch of sustainability stuff on the boat, straws, biodegradable sunscreen, uh, reusable saran wrap. So I'd like, I had, I had a lot of intentions before going on. So, I mean, were they just like, that sounds, I mean, it, that's great that they told you it was a real job because it is. Were they like, just like, that's great with your sustainability object objective, but yeah, don't no, worry were, about that. Or they were like, okay, you can bring that along. No, they were totally on board with it. They were like, I guess the last season, the season before they got in, they got some heat from fans because one of the deck hands or stewardesses had like a guest broke a plate and the steward picked it up and was like oh it's broken and she just threw it overboard and they got a bunch of hate from their fans rightfully so so i knew that they were in heat and they also decided to partner with the brand for ocean this season which is they're all about like taking plastic from plastic trash from the ocean so they they hired me for a reason with sustainability 
That's what it sounds like. Like, did they, I mean, with the, the casting that your cousin told you about, it didn't have anything to do with sustainability though, right? Like it was just like, or it actually specifically said, like, we want someone who has this agenda or background. No, it was a very open cattle call off below deck.com. Click audition sheet, click submit here. You That's know? what I would have thought. I didn't realize they partnered with this other company, you know, and had this whole sustainability kind of like objective. Yeah. And then, and then on top of that, my analysis on it is that the season before, like the one with Ashton and a bunch of the other dudes, it got like pretty misogynistic and they were kind of being, it was like very bro-y, very, you know, I actually haven't even seen it. It's just from the reviews I read. Like it was, I guess it got pretty bad. So I think they wanted to hire a new crew that was kind of more low key and chilled out yogis, environmentalists, kind of like mellow people. Did you like research and that's how you found this out? You're like, oh, like what happened? So like you have this thing with the producers, you get the show then because you didn't watch it. Do you go then and like watch old episodes? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, or do you just like, eh, let me figure yeah, it out when I get there. You know, in hindsight, I should have watched more. I should have watched more seasons. I should have practiced a lot more before I got on the boat. Um, they flew me out to Miami and I did like, a week-long maritime training course I should have studied a lot harder in the books to be a yachty you know what I mean um but also like they shouldn't have hired me like there's no way I was prepared for that boat they threw me on to like the top-notch biggest boat super tough and then throw cameras and you're filming me oh, it was it was a tough job you know so like after the one week course, were you just like, I'm in over my head? Or were you like, well, they seem, they must know what they're doing. They're producers and they've been doing this for a long time and it's Bravo. Or were you like this course, I'm what? And what's going to happen next? I was completely on the train of their producers, their movers and shakers. They're putting me on here because they know that I'm ready. And I thought that this is, tv i can't get fired like i really did think that before i got on the boat and then i started to realize how much of a real job this was and how like total respect out to yachties like it's a tough career and i was pretty oblivious to think that i was immune because it was a tv show you know well like you think it's not that wrong a Thought. like on most tv shows you would think like if you're a cast member and you bring drama or don't like you're not going to get fired yes this happens to be one of those exceptions where people do get fired every year mm-hmm. yeah. so but i could see why so right so you didn't even know that that was an option you're just like i got the show i signed the contract like i'm on yeah yeah and they they even actually when i was reading over the because i read every single word from the contract because i knew that reality tv is sleazy business so I read every single word and I actually remember in the contract it's saying if you are let go from the boat early you're we give you like a little um what's it called like when they like a stipend yeah like if they cut you off early we'll give you like a little like remediation but you won't get the salary for the rest of the season etc and I remember I was reading I was like (laughs) like that would happen to anyone you know (laughs) really so that's like what went through your mind yeah, and then then I started the job, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is this is a great and challenging career." Well, first of all, because like I know what these contracts are like. I mean, you read every word. That's it's a lengthy contract. Oh yeah, it was like twenty five pages. I read every single word. And as you read it, were you like, "Okay, like I, I mean, you know, you either sign it or you don't." Like they're pretty, but you still yeah. were like, "Let me just do this and." <laughs> Well, you know, I, I actually like tried to like negotiate a little bit for the money and they weren't budging at all. They were like, listen, you either sign this or it's either you take what we're giving you or we're just going to sign the next There's like a hundred people in line behind you to get on the show. 100,000 probably, but yes, a hundred by the time they get to you. That's how it is. That is how it is. So, right. So you're like, I'm not doing this for money. So why? No, I, I, I made like, I mean, it's a good amount. It's just like, I made like 7,000 bucks. Like and not. It, and 
Like not yeah, counting takes... the tips. Like you got paid from Bravo. And no, no, oh. counting the tips. Wow. Counting the tips. I didn't. Yeah, it was like it was not so much for the money. It's more for the platform. And they knew that. That's why they don't. That's why they offer you the rate that they're giving you. And the majority of it is the tips, I would imagine. I have like $7,000. Oh, yeah. yeah, most of it was the tips. So that's really your motivation of why you did it. Like it really was to bring the sustainability awareness to the world. Exactly. For the platform that I was going to have to speak to millions of people. I mean, you saw me in the Andy Cohen show. <laughs> I wore my green blazer and completely danced around all of his questions. We're going to talk about the Andy Cohen show in a few minutes. Um, so like you said, so you get there. So like, when do you realize, like, it sounds like you realized it was a real job before you even got there. But like, when do you realize not only is it a real job, but like this has consequences. Like I really could be fired. Like when does that set in? Like, is it like the first day or is it when the other, I forgot his name because he was on for one minute, the other deckhand left on his own. Like, were you like, oh, people can come and go either on their own or not? Like, when do you realize you could actually get fired? It was pretty early on. Yeah, like after Avery left, um, I, I think his grandma got coronavirus. That's probably why he left so early. Avery, yeah. Yeah, I, I hope you're doing well, man. And I hope your grandma's okay. Seriously, um, I forgot his name, so that's not okay. But yeah, was there for you, a minute. Yeah, and then... Uh, I, I knew like after the first charter, I was like, this is a real job. And I remember Izzy saying to me, she's like, yo, you all set your game up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been feeling that. Thanks for uh, reiterating that one. Right. You're like, thank you for stating the obvious. So what was your first impression? Were you, cause like this season has started different than all the others. Like Captain Lee was nowhere to be found. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, were you right away? Like, where's the captain? What's going on? Or you were just that was so far removed. Cause like I talked to Elizabeth, like for her, cause she's been on a lot of boats. She was like, this is, was so shocking to me that no one can find Captain Lee. You know, for you, mm. was it the same or it's different just cause you weren't really like, you didn't watch the show. You weren't on other boats. You had other things to worry about at that point. David, I had no idea what to expect. They, I was completely, you basically, you fly to the Island. You're in a hotel room for like a couple days. You have no contact with anyone. They just tell you, okay, yep, you're going to the boat. Here you go. Get, and then you're like shuttled to the boat. I arrived at the boat and I didn't, that was not told anything. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about uniforms. I didn't know anything about what's the first task that like yachts usually know, okay, you get on the boat. First thing to do is you probably like what you chamois the boat or you clean the boat or whatever. Like I had no, I was just like wandering. I mean, I was wandering around aimlessly. I, I talked with the interior crew for like 15 minutes and then they're like, you should probably go find your boss. And I was like, who's my boss? Like, where is he? Right. And like, they didn't, they really just threw you in. It wasn't like, this is your boss. This is, you know, it was just like, figure it out. Yeah. So when you were, so then there was that, was the, were the cameras like ever part of it or were you just like so overwhelmed with the actual job or were you like aware oh, but there's also cameras on me. You know, like, it's like, there's two parts, like most reality shows, you're being filmed. That's it. Let go exist. This is like, Mm -hmm. you have a real job to do. And there's these cameras, like were the cameras ever a huge factor for you? Or you were just like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my actual job. That's enough stress. I can't worry about a camera in my face. You know, as far as like me not being me, as in my personality and everything, I'd I let that one go real quick with the camera. I was like, you know, like they're here to get footage of, and I'm just going to be myself. So I wasn't, I didn't like act nervous or anything around the cameras per se. But as far as doing my job, the cameras got in the way. There's a lot of tight quarters and you run, you're running around the starboard railing and it's a space that's no wider than like two feet. And then there's a cameraman with a huge thing slung over his shoulder you know, and he gets in your way. Or if I need to go make a rescue from someone that's in the water, I have to take off my microphone, take off my little hernia belt, give it to the crew and then, or give it to the production and then jump in the water and rescue. Right. So was there anything that you did like during filming other than like actual, the things we saw, like, was there anything not like, okay, like you went to sleep. We'll get into that in a second too. But like, where you're like, oh shit, like I shouldn't have said that. Like my grandmother's watching where you're just like, this is not gonna, or no, like you were just kind of like, I've brought 
myself and, you know, cause like, listen, we all say things. I do it here on this podcast where I listen back and I'm like, oh my God, that's now out to the world. Like I really didn't mean to say mm-hmm. that. Like, was there anything like that or not really? You know, I was, as much as I was myself, I was also very conscious of the fact that they were filming and recording me. So that's why I didn't put on that speedo and give that girl a lap dance. That's why I didn't participate in the whole naked sushi thing. That's why I purposely, like I made a, I made um, a couple like commitments to myself before I got on the boat that I was going to meditate every day, that I was going to journal every day. And that I was not going to drink any shots, any like hard alcohol. Cause I knew that that could be a very slippery slope. And you was, you stood by all of those. The meditation, that one left because I learned that I just did not have time for it on the boat. And also like, just, it was crazy. And the room was so small. There's not really a good spot. I did yoga a lot. And then yes, I never drank any hard really? alcohol, any shots. So you just drank wine and beer? Yeah, maybe I had a, I meant I had no shots, like no shots of alcohol. I had a cocktail, like a mint mojito, but I never once was taking shots, you know? That makes sense. Like- I couldn't exist without my vodka. So again, no judgments. Um, so you're filming this. What were your first impressions? So what were your first impressions having never watched the show of Captain Lee? We'll start there. Oh, I mean, I'd watch the show a little bit. I knew who Captain Lee was. I knew who Kate Chastain was. I knew who Ashton was. Uh, when I saw Captain Lee, I was like, yeah, this guy's, guy's like a legend in this world, you know, and he's a cool guy. I think he's, he's a pretty real dude. Did you ever watch Below Deck Med with Captain Sandy and ever think I wish I had her instead? I watched a little bit of Below Deck Med. I didn't. I I don't know enough about either of them before to make a decision on that. Were you shocked that like Kate Chastain wasn't there? Like, were you like, "Where's Kate"? I feel like I knew that she wasn't going to be on that season somehow. Interesting. Yeah, for some way I knew before I got on the boat that it wasn't going to be her. What about, like, who stood out to you as far as all your other co-workers, like, right away, either good or bad, of just, like, this is a personality, I might have to watch out for this person, I love this person, like, who kind of stood out to you? You know, the quickest thing that I recognize in my life, and you guys are going to call it super cliche, but surfers, like, I can tell a surfer from a mile away based off their hair, or their cadence or how they dress. And I knew that Francesca was a surfer. And like, I got that vibe in the first second. So. Interesting. Yeah. Because I would, I mean, I could tell you're a surfer. I wouldn't be able to tell Francesca was a surfer. So you kind yeah. of bonded with her. Yeah. Just like, I mean, all of them, James was funny. He was a good one to band with on deck. I called Eddie sensei. Like he actually did teach me a lot and I understand why he was frustrated with me. If I was working on a boat and someone hired and the network gave him that was at someone that was as green as me to work under him, he had every right to be frustrated. Like I had, I was so underprepared for that boat. Who was, if you had to replace one person you worked with, who would it be? Like, who did you get along the least with or got the most in your way? Yeah, I'd rather not answer that question. That's fair enough. Who did you bond with the most? Like, do you, know, you keep spent- in touch? Like, who are you, are you closest with or were? The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh, you know, I kind of message all of them still. Even Eddie a little bit less since the show started, but before the show... Um, we were talking, we were messaging a lot and he was going to like be involved in some sustainable Shane stuff. And then he also did a, he did like a charity event for prostate cancer for men. And my dad has prostate cancer. So I was like, I think I donated to it and talked with him about that. And then chess, we send videos of each other, like picking up trash or surfing. Was this like out of everything you've done in your life, was this literally the most like stressful job and stressful experience you've ever had? Oh yeah. Reality TV is not for the week. It really isn't like, it's going to chew you up, spit you out. It's tough. Like I think it's been more, more, it was physically taxing for sure, but mentally it was, it's incredibly taxing. You know, like I got a lot of love. I got more love than hate, but there's definitely some hate that people People are just like trolls. You call them keyboard keyboard warriors. Um, yeah, people say some stuff that, like, to me, it's very inhumane. I could do a whole show about. I've talked. I talk about this all the time. It's insane. Like, never in a million years would I ever think a certain way or make a comment like out of nowhere on someone like that I didn't know. It's very strange. Did you yeah. fall into all of that? Like, like. I like mean, mentally? Yeah. Cause I mean, listen, it's, it's, there's no judgment. It's like an easy thing to fall into. Like the comments don't stop. I mean, and not you for everyone. I guarantee you every single person on this season is getting horrible comments, no matter how blissfully an angel they are. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, first of all, I want to like shout out all the, all my fellow yachties from season eight, like people, if you feel like you guys are getting a lot of hate, I'll let you know that I did too. That goes out to like Eddie, Rachel, Elizabeth, everyone, how, whatever people are saying to you guys, just ignore it. You know, like we all know who we are. And most importantly, everyone who's making these comments, they're only getting the surface level picture of who we really are. Because the network only shows like 1% of the footage that they get and they box us in to people and like, easy archetypes and that's all they show about us 100 percent. were you shocked to that point like in your edit or at some point like prior to you getting let go like could you tell where your edit was going or just there were so many things happening like you couldn't tell what the archetype you would be i mean okay that's a good question I did not understand the archetype that I was going to be while I was on the boat. And then basically by the second episode of the season, I saw the archetype that they're putting me in and I was a little disappointed. You know, they like kind of, they did a little bit of the sustainability at the first episode. Then they kind of ditched that. Then they just decided to put me as like the lazy kid that doesn't work hard, which is so incredibly false. Like, ask, go ahead, ask all my close friends. Even ask my neighbor, Tim. If you ever listen to this podcast, Tim, he owns a boat. I was on his boat before I went on below deck. And mind you, it was like a 20-foot fishing boat. And he said, I worked incredibly hard. He's like, dude, you're a great deckhand. You scrubbed every deck. You cleaned all the blood off the deck. You, like, fished super well, you know. Well, no, I mean, that's, well, A, that's why you're here. That's like one of the, I think, reasons our show is like a little different. Everyone always tells me like, I hate this person. I don't like this person. I literally never, I think because of what I do, I don't get emotionally invested. Like, I mean, I love these shows, but I never get emotionally invested. Like you're this way, you're that way. To me, it's like, once I chat with you like this, then I quietly make my own assumptions. So I think a lot of people are misunderstood 
on these shows. So you didn't know, you couldn't tell really when you were filming, it really was like you're sitting home. Like I know you get the screeners ahead of time. It's really like as you're getting sent them every week that you're like, oh, this is my edit. Yeah. Yeah. And actually Colin Macy O'Toole was someone that I talked with a bunch before the season, before I went on to this season. Cause like I admired him and I still admire him a lot. And he's a great guy and he was very even keeled throughout the entire season. So like I wanted to emulate him in a lot of ways from my time on below deck. And I think I emulated him in some positive ways in the sense of our personalities and like who we are as people. But then he was just like way more experienced than me. So that's why he kind of got to stick around, you know? So you literally just like in watching the old episodes, like he stuck out to you and you reached out to him and you're like, got any advice? Yeah. And he was super receptive. He was very, very kind and responded to me. We talked on the phone a couple of times. Um, yeah, I actually called him this was like a little while ago now, but he was, it was like during a hurricane or something on the East coast. And I was like, Oh dude, I hope you're doing okay. Like he's like, it's like, yeah, man, my power went out. I don't know if I can get on the call yet. And I was like, totally understand, like be well. Colin, we've had him on the show. He's like a below deck expert. He's like, knows everybody, like the nicest guy possible. What's like the best advice he gave you when you reached out to him as far as doing the show? That is another good question. Because Colin really is very knowledgeable. Like I, he's one that, I mean, I have like past guests on that don't remember anything. Colin knows everything. He's like a walking encyclopedia. Yeah. Yeah, He's an intelligent guy. You can tell from his raps and freestyles. Um, I think the biggest or one of the biggest things he told me was that like when you're on the show don't let the fandom get to you and like the fame get to you because you're only going to be hot for like a second so do something with it while you have it that makes sense and like don't believe the hype almost exactly because he's like people are going to want to come up to you take photos with you like do all this stuff and he's like just like like just make sure you spend time into doing something that you want you have a goal and a mission before you even air on the show so you can accomplish it that makes sense what about so did you go down that rabbit hole of like the haters on social media because or were you just always because i mean that's a hard thing like were you just like no these to ignore or were you just like oh shit it's hard not to take some of this stuff to heart no matter how strong you are as a person Totally, totally. And, and, I, and you're speak. I grew up, I grew up going to auditions in LA and getting rejected for walking in and someone saying, Hey, I don't like your hair, go home, like stupid stuff like that, you know, so I was, I guess, weathered in a way for the haters. But I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't, I wasn't affected at all. You know, like, I actually went out and went camping in the desert for a night, just solo, because I was like, you know what, I need to just get away from social media turn off my phone just went out and this was like like a week ago i went out because i was this is just a lot you know did it affect like people in your life like was like your mother looking at the comments being like this is and you're just like you had to say because this has happened like where you had to say like mom don't reply like it's not going to end well because it's happened <laughs> no, to people yeah yeah no i told i totally get what you're saying my parents aren't really on social media much so they weren't but they, they were just super supportive the whole time and like all my close friends and family and my girlfriend they're all like shame we know who you are like all all that really matters is that the people that you love and care about who are close to you their perception has not changed it changed of you at all right. so just keep being you you know so then when you saw your edit, like Ron, you said season two, did you reach out to producers or were you just like, there's nothing I can do? Or did you try to say like, what the fuck is going on here? No, I didn't really reach out to any producers. I was just like, this is, they have their own agenda and I wanted to blame them. But you know, they, I signed up for their game at the end of the day and that's how they like to run it. And I don't think it's very admirable to tell you the truth, but that's what they want to do. That's they have their own agenda to make money, I guess, and get fans. And they want to do that by making other people look bad. But I signed up for their game and I played it. Yeah. Was there anything that like you did when you were there that you were just like, I wish this was shown? Like, you know, if this was shown, oh, yeah. it would have a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. There oh yeah. There was there's so much backstory behind 
so many of the mess ups that I had, you know, I think the thing that bums me out the most is they didn't show a lot of the sustainable things that I did. Like all they did was like paper straws and they clearly made a meme out of that, which is, that's their agenda, you know, like, but I actually talked to some charter guests who were going to take home a shell from one of the Marine reserves. And there was like a crab in it. I was like, Hey, you can't like, it's actually a Marine reserve. You can't take animals from there and fly back to LA with them. And she was like, Oh, like, thank you so much. Like I had no idea. Um, I gave a bunch of reusable saran wrap to the, to the chef, Rachel. Um, I picked up a ton of trash. Like we went to a beach picnic. I had an extra hour of time and I went and picked up like a couple pounds of trash. So, right. So that's one thing, like, cause they really did downplay the sustainability. Like if I was to think about it, I would think of the straws and maybe something else. I mean, I don't always remember every little detail. I think there might've been one other little thing. Yeah, it was small. And I honestly, I'm surprised that they didn't take more advantage of it. A, because it's good for like society and B sustainability and environmentalism is trending right now. Like, like, it's popular, you know, every single big company is talking about their corporate social responsibility. Every big company is getting heat. If like Amazon's getting heat for not being sustainable, Google tech, everything, you know? Right. And did you think too, like, well, they've never had someone that really, this was their platform, like almost like take advantage of you in that way. Like here we have someone that actually knows, like, I, I don't know. I don't purport to know. You know what I mean? I would never speak on the topic because I'm not an expert. You were right there. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you would think yeah. there would be more of it. Oh, and yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do more of it. And then I finally got so fed up with it that like the, <laughs> I went on the Andy Cohen show and I was like, I don't care what you guys are going to talk about from below deck drama. I really don't care. Like you're just going to try and push my buttons and make me angry. But you know what? I'm just gonna take the higher path and I'm going to talk about what's really important on this planet. What you guys should really understand from below deck. And that's kind of what happened. So, okay. So let's put that off for a minute. So was there anything not shown? Like what stands out for you? Like the backstory? Cause this happens like, so, okay. When you got terminated or fired, let's just call it what it is. I've been fired from a hundred jobs. No shame. Right. They show that you slept in, you missed an alarm, you went swimming, all these things which happened. Like, what, like, was there any, like you said, there was backstory around some of that that we didn't see. Like, what was the most egregious thing where you're like, well, I did sleep in because there's been people that have said, like, I slept in, but I was told to sleep in or something like that. Like, was there anything like that? Or like, what was it that we didn't see that may have changed the backstory? if they're specific things. Yeah, it just has to go with the whole sleeping in thing. Just like Eddie was off the boat because of the production purposes, getting interviewed. So I had no contact with him. He gave me a list of tasks to complete. I completed the task. I asked James, he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. And then I was like, okay, I am absolutely exhausted. So I'm going to take a nap. And I took a nap for like an hour, hour and a half tops. Not what they portrayed to be as six hours. You know, so that's the backstory behind it. But 2020, I could have walked around. I could have act, asked all the interior crew if they need help. I could have asked Captain Lee if there's anything else I could do. And James told you, okay, it's fine to go to sleep. And Eddie was off doing an interview off the boat. I don't even remember what James really did. We were both just kind of like, at that point, it was like, there was so there was so few things to do on deck that I just like, I was just like shamming rails. I'd shammy the same rail like 20 times. And I was like, this is like, <laughs> it's just getting old. I was like, there's nothing, not really like, I didn't know anything else to do. There's no more tasks that I had at hand. Right. So when you were eventually called in by Eddie and Captain Lee, like, did you know it was coming? Like when you got the call, you're like, I'm walking to my demise here or even right before that, or even when you were in that room where you're just like, like, at what point did you know this is really the end? Basically, when I got called into the room, it was like Eddie and Captain Lee. And I guess from watching this show, it looks like Captain Lee wanted me gone more than Eddie. I mean, this is how I watched it. I'm not, I mean, like, it was Captain Lee enjoying it. Like, you were there, not me. 
That's a yeah, legitimate no. question that I have. I mean, he was he was smart to let me go. I think maybe Eddie was acting a little bit more on emotion to keep me there because like we were rooming together and like we were we were friends, you know, like we were buddies. And uh, but Captain Lee just saw from like a superior standpoint that like I had I was putting the boat at like at risk, you know, like I was our whole deck crew was pretty inexperienced. Right. So you agree with this with this decision? Yeah, yes and no. I, I, I agree with it in the sense that I see why he was why he let me go. But I also don't agree with it in the sense that, like, if I would have been there for the rest of the season, I really do think I would have became a great deckhand. And I was on the road to doing that. And Eddie actually came up to me the night before I got let go. And we were, we were it was like one of the nights out. He came up to me. He's like, hey, dude, like, he's like, you're trying really hard. And I really appreciate it. And, like, I really do think that if you work super hard for the season, you could become the top deckhand. Wow. Right. And that doesn't get shown, of course. No. Yeah. What, what about like, does any part of you blame Eddie? Like almost like if you were a more hands-on mentor or boss, like does any part of you go there? No, not really. He, I think he was a pretty good boss. And what about, does any part of you blame Bravo? Like if you only gave me some guidance and didn't give me a one week or whatever you said the course was and just threw you in? I mean, these are legitimate questions I yeah, like, want yeah, to know. No. Um, yeah, I mean, the network, like, they, I, they probably set me up a little bit by hiring me. Like, like I said that at the beginning of this podcast. There is no, no reason I should have been on that big boat for my first time working on a yacht. So when all is said and done, did you learn anything about yacht? I mean, it seems like you were learning. Like you said, you've learned. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I learned some valuable life skills from there for sure. A lot of valuable life skills. I was learning a lot about the yachting industry. That's a, it's a crazy industry. It's fun. It's cool. Like, heck, my kids wanted to go into it for like a year. I think it'd be good. It teaches you some, like there's militaristic regiments about it that are good in the sense that like, it shows you that you need to have a sense of urgency. It shows you to wake up and make your bed. It shows you the decency of respect. And those are good attributes that, the military, firefighters, doctors and nurses, yachting, those are good intrinsic values I think people should have. Yeah. What about, so when all is said and done, like, would you, do you have any interest in working on another boat, not on TV, just in general? Or are you kind of like, this was an interesting experience. I'm done with the yachting industry. Yeah, not so much. Not right now. I don't, I couldn't see myself working on a yacht. Were you shocked at like how high maintenance some of the guests were? Yeah. yeah who that, was, was, that was done up for TV. Who was your or least? Maybe that, or maybe that's really the, who the people are. I don't know, but it was insane. Who was your least favorite charter guest out of the three we saw? I mean, the first one was the most difficult, without a doubt. They were just very, they wanted like fagua omelets in the morning. I mean, like, that's what it seemed like as a viewer. Yeah, come on. <laughs> that's crazy. You shouldn't be eating fagua. That's... I, it's a whole that's not okay for sustainability either would you guys know what fugwa is i do but i didn't know that it was technically see i, I told you this is a topic i would never speak on sustainability just because i'm yeah you're gonna have to give me i'm gonna have to watch sustainable shane is really what this is coming down to do it well fugwa is basically they get a duck and they force feed it grain and other food so much to the point that it gets so overweight and fat that it can't eat anymore. And they keep on shoving food down its throat until its liver turns into like straight fat. And then they kill the duck and then they take the liver and that's what fugwa is. Wow. Yeah, I did not, I didn't know that. Wow. Well, those people seem like the first group seem like the most difficult as well. I watched that and I was like, God, I'm, Am I like too low maintenance in this world? I would just be like, whatever you have for breakfast, just bring a smattering of what you have. I know, huh? What about when like Rachel didn't want to come say goodbye to you? Did that hurt your feelings? Were you like over it? You know, I actually never, I had no idea why I didn't 
because when I was leaving the boat, I was like, where's Rachel? Like, I want to say goodbye. And she didn't come out. And then Chess said she was taking a shower or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'll, I texted her later and I think she responded. But yeah, did it hurt my feelings? I don't know. I mean, I, everything was such a whirlwind at that point. So now it's over. And yeah, so you went on. So let's talk about Watch What Happens. Like, you went on Watch What Happens. Was that because, I mean, you had your green jacket on. So just from following you online, I, I knew that that was sustainable Shane in, in the house. Like, was that like, okay, you got invited on like everyone else from the season Were you like, when did you decide this was your plan? Because it sounds like it was an actual, nothing wrong with that. Like a calculated plan of like, I'm going to use this swan song as like my major platform to talk about sustainability, which is really smart, I think. But like, when did you make that decision? Basically the email, the very second they emailed me to go on, because it's the second time I was on the Andy Cohen show. So the second they emailed me to go back on, I was like, I was waiting for it. I was like, yes, sweet. Now, now I will have my little, like my time to talk about what really matters to me. And that's really what to me as a viewer transpired. Like, was it really like that? I mean, cause it was live. Like it really was like Andy had his own agenda and you had yours. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still even, I wish I had a better plan. Cause I kind of just like aimlessly was like sustainability, sustainability, sustainability. I said it like a million times. I wish I got into more detail about what was so unsustainable about the boats and what we all can do at home to make a difference. Um, yeah. So I do wish I like phrased it better per se, but uh, I still think I got, I got people thinking about it. Well, like at some point, if Andy said like that, like, how do you feel about Rachel not coming to say goodbye to you? And your answer was, you know, let me tell you about sustainability in 2020. I would think at some point during a commercial break, they would have been like, you're done. I don't know. I know. I was blown away. I actually went to the point of like, before the Andy Cohen show starts, they do like, they look at, they like look at this camera and they set, set you up. And then, then they're like, okay, we're going to go live in like whatever, a couple minutes. So I went, I showed up with just a regular t-shirt, a white t-shirt. And then they're like, okay, we're gonna go live in a couple of minutes. So then that's when I went off and purposely put on my jacket, put on my little like sustainable heart thing that has the planet in it. And um, yeah, and then there was some like commercial breaks and I was just waiting for the big, all right, Shane, that's enough. Like you can't talk about this or whatever. But nobody said anything during the commercial break. No, no one said anything to me. No one. And then, I mean, Andy Cohen even got on board the train too. Like at the end of it, he was like, sustainability. What about during the season being called Sunshine? How how did you feel about that? I know, I'm okay with it. Like, I think it's a cute nickname. Like, did you ever feel like bullied by Eddie? No. So going back to watch what happened. So you talk about sustainability. I thought it was very lighthearted and fun. I kind of got the point. I didn't think it was a big deal. Then did you see watch what happens the other night with Francesca and Kate? So I have, I didn't watch it. Um, a lot of people have told me about it and they basically, or go ahead and ask your question about it. Well, so, right. So I guess it was, I guess a caller or something, I think a caller asked, like Kate or Andy asked Kate, like what she thought about you talking about sustainability and watch what happens. And she basically said like, you know, you talking about it and watch what happens as a platform, you know, you're almost as serious about it as like working on like a gas guzzling yacht. Mm -hmm. Basically saying like, it's so hypocritical that this is your platform because why did you go to work? And then Andy laughed. He did laugh. And then double down and said, that's the worst offender in the ocean are these yachts. And that, I mean, literally worst offender and it uses the most gas. And it's like the worst thing for the environment. This it boat is. you worked on and why would you go work? I mean, so that's the discussion that Kate brought up or answered a question that Andy laughed and said, I agree. Yeah, you know, okay. Uh, I totally understand where they're coming from on the surface level. If you want to take everything on the surface level, yeah, I worked on a mega million dollar gas guzzling, oil polluting, reef destroying, sediment up roaring yacht. Okay, but there's a reason why I went on there. It's a very unsustainable industry. And I came on board with a bunch of sustainable hacks and changed mindsets of the people and brought on goodies 
Like I replaced all the plastic straws with paper ones. Like I said, the sunscreen, the reusable saran wrap, I picked up trash. So I made an unsustainable industry that much more less unsustainable. And on top of that, I conveyed a message of sustainability to millions of people who are watching it that never even think about it. Because as much as you want to make fun of my paper straws or make a meme about it, you know, you're thinking about it still. Now, you know, you know, even even my neighbor the other day, like he was about to throw a can in the trash can at my house. And he was like, you know, I was going to do it. But then I thought to my head, sustainable Shane wouldn't like me doing this. So I walked over to the recycling and he thought about that because he saw me on below deck. I would think that's true. I mean, I don't really think of these issues and I think of them a little more now. So I think little by little, right? Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't like, okay, yeah, like working on the yacht is, is contributing to the, to like, I guess, what would you say? The career itself, which isn't super sustainable. But like I said, I went on and made it less unsustainable. So you didn't watch, watch what happens the other night, but what, like people just started DMing you and texting you and saying this just happened. Yeah. Just some people DM me and they're like, yo, like Andy Cohen talked about you again last night. And I was like, all right. And then they just told me about it. Do you have any response to Kate Chastain or Andy Cohen? Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to listen to this, the reason why I went on below deck, Andy Cohen and Kate Chastain it's because I wanted to make the yachting world less unsustainable. And I did. And did you get then? So, cause I was like, I mean, I just like the blogs, the blogosphere, like that's when they jumped on the board too. And they were, you know, saying this is hypocritical. Is this your platform? Or did you go on below deck for fame is basically what some of the blogs were saying. I don't think you did. I, I don't want to be famous, dude. I think being famous sucks. I went to Japan actually when I graduated school and as like a blonde haired, like blue eyed guy walking around there. And we went, my buddy and I went to some re- really rural parts of Japan. People were like running up to us and taking photos and like feeling my hair and just kind of like, it was like a little glimpse into what it's like to be famous. And I don't like that. Like it's annoying. You know, I, I went to the rural parts of India and I don't have blonde hair, but I have blue eyes and same thing. People were literally running after me for a picture. I was like, this is weird. So I get it. So that, I mean, that makes sense. And listen, I mean, because you and I were talking to sit down here, like I personally could say you're, I mean, if you look at your social presence, it really, this is really you. Like, it's not like you decided to talk about this an hour before you were cast on below deck or going on below deck like this has been your existence online so for anyone who hasn't scrolled back and in and in real life like right right you know what i mean before so because like to be honest with you i don't really i think social media is largely toxic right now a lot of people are using it for very toxic reasons the reason why i went on to like sustainable Shane and I'm using Instagram, Facebook and YouTube is because that's where most people get their information nowadays. And I know that people are learning very quickly from social media. So if I want to make the biggest difference possible, I got to create like a brand around sustainability for social media. I would agree with that. A, social media is very toxic these days and B, it is the world we live in. And I think it's the best thing. I mean, have you seen your numbers like increase? Like, do you, do you get DMs from people? Like all this drama aside, your goal and going on was really to increase awareness. So forget Andy and Kate and the haters. Like, hey, do you get like private DMs? Like, do you see it working where someone's like, thank you? you so much. Okay. So, so much from tons of people. Because I think, I think the biggest part is that like, I'm not the only environmentalist out there. And I think that there's a lot of environmentalists that kind of feel marginalized, like they don't have a community. And now that they saw me on TV, they feel like that there's someone else out there that, that is fighting for the same cause that they are. And I create a sense of community with environmentalists online. And I've been getting tons of DMs. The biggest thing now is people have been DMing me photos of their Christmas tree that uh, they say that they're going to plant after the holidays instead of just like throwing away a cut Christmas tree. Um, a lot of companies have reached out to me for like being a brand ambassador. 
for doing like other like public speaking events for them. And then I also launched my own product, which are reusable utensils to fight the single use plastic pollution crisis. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. I mean, like it could lead to opportunities career wise. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, people have a stereotype just of certain different jobs. I think people have a stereotype of environmentalists, you know, they don't think like male model as well. So I think you do show that they're an environmentalist can come in many shapes and sizes. Yeah. And it's super easy. Hey, if you, if you want to become an environmentalist, first thing you should do is get informed, follow a social media page that talks about it, watch a documentary, like kiss the ground, read a book, learn about it. And then you'll find out what you're passionate about in the realm of sustainability. Maybe it's starting your own little garden. Maybe, yeah, I do want to create a little recycling bin so I feel good about it. Maybe I do want to compost. And just little steps like that can make a big difference. What does your girlfriend say about you having been on the show? Like, you guys are still together. Yeah. No, I mean, it was a, it was a little bit of a roller coaster for sure. Like, I mean, as any partner, I'm sure it's very exhausting. Excuse me. It's very exhausting to uh, watch your partner go on reality TV. Like, of course, she has her, like, Qualms, especially because people on below deck have cheated on their significant others right. on camera. <laughs> I don't get why someone thinks that's a good idea. Um, but you know, I told her, I was like, babe, I'm going to be like, you have my word. Was that like a concern? Cause that is a concern. Like it's the majority of people. I mean, not majority, but a lot of people have cheated on below deck. Was that a concern of like, you're going on this TV show on a boat? It was like a, preliminary concern and then I just told her that you can trust me and she's like okay I trust you and we called and texted a lot so yeah we're still together today now that it's all over well that's good now that it's all over do you reg- is there any part of you that regrets going on or no you're you have these opportunities people are reaching out to you like overall you would do this again like knowing how like knowing the hate putting yourself in the line of fire is there any part of you that said I just won't I wouldn't do this if I got the call to go on, like not again, but just like in general, knowing what you know. So I do not have any regrets about going on. And they actually did ask me, they said, hey, if you go out into the yachting world, get some more experience under your belt, I'm sure we'd love to have you on the TV show again. To which I responded, I, I won't do it again. When did they say that to you? Like in what form? It was a little, it was like pretty informal. It was just a little while ago. Wow. And you said, thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah, I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go on the boat and do like the reality TV stuff again. I want to do something, something different, something that I already used that platform. I don't think, I don't think it would serve a whole lot of purpose to go back on below deck for me. And just to like set the record straight, like for all, like the biggest misconception about you is what? It's that you're lazy? Like, is, would you say just, you know, here you are, here is your platform, set the record straight to everyone, for everyone listening. Like, what is the biggest yeah. misconception? The biggest misconception is the fact that they think I'm an airhead. They think I'm someone that's just dancing around in la la land, you know, just like, like, that's so false, you know? They just, but people, the network stereotyped me like that because people think that you're like the surfer, skater, stoner, airhead dude. So they just decided to paint that picture around me. Well, you went to Berkeley. That ain't so easy to get into. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot more than just book smarts too. Like, sure. I got great grades and did well in the SAT or whatever, but there's, I've held internships for environmental companies I've done research under a Nobel laureate. I've worked plenty of jobs, you know, like I, I know my way around the block in the world of sustainability. I still have a lot more to learn and I'll be learning until the day I die. What is, is there anything else I like to give people a chance at the end? Like anything, like I had my own agenda, anything that I did not bring up that you would like to say to everybody listening and you can bring anything up you want. Thank you for answering all my questions. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show, David. I appreciate it, first and foremost. Thanks for taking the time to have me on here. And I think you guys already know what I'm about to say. Just protect our planet. Look at your individual impact on this planet and just do well. You know, we can all, it's, sometimes it's more difficult to be nice 
but do it because the nice guy always wins and good things for our planet are essential. Well, you are very nice that I took away from the show. Where can everyone find you on social media? Everyone who wants to follow you or wants to reach out to you and just follow your journey in this cause. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at sustainable.shane. You can find me on YouTube, Sustainable Shane, Facebook, Sustainable Shane. And I actually just launched a bunch of videos. They're street interviews where I go walk around Venice Beach and other parts of California. I want to get it bigger. And um, I'm in my blazer and I ask people sustainability questions. And it's really funny. It's like quick, witty humor. So, and it teaches you something. So check them out. I like it. They're funny. I've, I've seen some of them. So I appreciate you coming on too. I'm glad. I hope everyone that listens to this, their questions are answered and all misconceptions are put aside. Like I appreciate it. Thank you for being in our homes for a few weeks. Are you going to be watching the rest of the season of Below Deck? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think it's pretty, it's like TV that you could live life without. And you're going to be busy. So I appreciate it. Keep in touch. I'll be watching you. Everyone, follow Shane. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. And I will keep you posted on when this is coming out. Sounds good, David. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Take care. Bye. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope.